Welcome to Discover a Better You podcast, formerly known as Uncommon Sense on Relationship podcast. I'm your host, Coach Christina, owner of Discover a Better You LLC, co-founder of the nonprofit Heart Centered Matters, and certified professional coach. In this podcast, I'll bring you practical advice and tough love on relationships from a Christian perspective. We'll cover everything from the law of attraction, the five love languages and boundaries, to self-love and modern dating. It means so much to me that you're taking the time out of your day to listen, to be coachable, and be encouraged. What's new with this podcast? Each month, I'll be bringing on guests from diverse backgrounds with various stories and beliefs. They will be sharing their heart as well as their passion for many types of self-improvement. Their expertise may be in health, fitness, finance, business, mindset, or relationships. But if they're on this show, I guarantee they'll be bringing you value that will improve your life as well as your relationships. I hope you all love this new dimension of the show. If these episodes are meaningful to you, please let me know by subscribing, leaving a message, a review, or sharing with a friend. I also love when you send me topic ideas that you would like included in the next episode. But whichever way you choose to participate in this group, thank you. I am beyond honored to introduce to you our guest expert, Taylor Colomb. She began in the mental health industry as a behavioral therapist for five years. Then she moved into clinical training and development for three years. She has two undergraduate degrees in behavioral science and psychology and a master's in applied behavioral analysis. Please join her as she shares her heart and her story about overcoming severe anxiety. Hello, Taylor. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Hi, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So I'm really excited to just dig in and get to know you a little bit better. Um, I know a little bit about your story, but I'd love for you to tell our audiences a little bit about your background for those that don't know you and how you embrace um, boundaries and how you're inspiring as far as your own personal life experience. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So a little bit about me. Um, Again, my name is Taylor Coulomb. I'm an anxiety coach for other coaches. Um, I grew up in South Florida. I'm now back in South Florida after being in um, the North for a little bit. So I am very happy to be warm and out of the cold. Um, A little bit about my personal story through anxiety, something that got me so uh, interested in boundary work was really my own personal journey with anxiety. So my anxiety started from a very, very young age, um, back to remembering six, seven years old, something as little as waking up late for school would set me off into panic attacks. I didn't really know what they were, um, but over the years I started to identify them, um, but I never really understood them. Right. So, yeah, so I moved into um, college and I went for mental health, I went for psychology, uh, and went into getting my master's in applied behavior analysis, which was really, honestly, my schooling years were probably the most transformative and healing for me personally. Okay. Uh, they, yeah, they really helped me identify what was going on. They kind of opened up the doorway for me to understand the experiences I had as a child. There was, um, I had a, a decent childhood overall, but both of my parents struggled with alcoholism, um, 
emotional irregulation. So things were really tough in the realm of uh, emotional and psychological um, neglect. Um, okay. I would, I would go so far as saying, especially clinically, uh, that emotional abuse, moving okay. through manipulation, gaslighting, things like that. Um, so that's a little bit of kind of how, for, for a more heavier side of things, a little bit of how uh, my passion grew into working with other professionals, other coaches in the, the realm of life coaching, um, whether it be health coaching, whatever, wellness coaching, business coaching, helping those individuals that are looking to serve, serve better from a more a holistic place, a place that isn't overwhelmed by anxiety or fear so that they can serve and impact others. Right. And when you have some of that clarity around what you were facing as a child and what you actually went through, I'm sure that helped so much as far as understanding how you were feeling, why you were feeling it, and also how you could help others to overcome those feelings and that overwhelm. Absolutely. I definitely believe wholeheartedly that the first step to fixing any problem is identifying what the problem actually is. Yes. Um, so going to school for it, honestly, was like I knew something was wrong, um, but getting into the realm of mental health and things like that was, like I said, super transformative insofar as being able to put labels to things, being able to identify things, being able to really understand what what I was feeling was real and valid. And so that was really great. And being able to have that clarity, like you said, and give that clarity to others is it, there's really no feeling like it being able to kind of see those aha moments. Yeah. And that's amazing because, you know, so many people that are suffering from it, they haven't had that awareness and they haven't been to school to be able to put names and identify the things that they're facing. So to have somebody like you that has gone through it, but also can identify it and put a name to it and then give them actionable steps to help resolve those issues. Like that's huge. So I think that's so amazing. Yeah. It's, um, there's a story that I love to kind of give as an example, as an example, as to how we get sometimes so in our own world that we don't understand that our world might be different from other people's worlds and that world might not be, be okay. Yeah. Um, I read this story and it really resonated insofar as my journey with anxiety, where this little girl had this really severe fractal light issue with her eyes. And so it always looked like the world was through a pinhole. Wow. Right. And that's a pretty, you would think that's a pretty obvious distortion. Yes. But she had, yeah. And so she had struggled with issues, uh, behavioral issues in school. She struggled with it all the way into middle school until she was finally able to articulate to doctors. I see through a pinhole, they ran all these tests and she went her entire life up until like maybe 13 or 14 years old, thinking it was totally normal that everybody coped with this. And everybody else saw like this because she didn't know how to talk about it. Oh my goodness. And they were able to do the test. They were able to help um, adjust those vision issues. But I feel like that is so resonant of my journey. And a lot of journeys I hear about with people uh, that experience or struggle with anxiety is they don't really know from the beginning that other people don't feel that way, that there are, there's the potential to feel free from the overwhelm, that worry, that constant gripping of your chest, that fast breathing. Yeah, especially 
if they haven't had any other feelings besides that, if that's been a constant in their life, like they don't know that there's any other way to live. So they can't compare how they're feeling now to feeling good or well or whole. Yeah. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. Yeah. So that's amazing. I, I just love that comparison and I'm glad that you're able to put that into words and use that story and kind of let people know that there is, you know, more to, you know, experiencing life and things like that, that can be fulfilling and rewarding and they don't have to suffer like that. So I'm guessing that is probably one of the reasons that you decided to show up here on social media and um, build a following and create a business out of that. Is that true? Oh, at 100%. um, Moving from practicing in a therapeutic capacity in person it definitely is something that I still have a very big passion for but I started showing up online to really reach a broader audience and provide a more accessible platform I love the word accessible because it means meeting people where they're at in a way that they can access it so it's really more about making content that you know, maybe it's for the uh, 16-year-old that only has access to Instagram, maybe doesn't have access to a therapist, but she can start reading that like, oh my gosh, my intense racing thoughts, my invasive worries, those aren't normal and I can learn tools to fix them. Maybe it's for the 36-year-old mother of two that doesn't have those outlets either. Or maybe it's just for the very curious therapist that's learning about a new technique. Um, So I really loved that accessibility to just such a broad range of individuals. Yes. And I love that you had mentioned um, the teens because I do work a lot with teens in my nonprofit and Mm. a lot of the teens, I feel like the, the things that they're going through, it's so real in their life, but they don't feel they can come to their parents. They don't feel like they can talk about those type of things to their friends and they shy away. And then they just, you know, act, you know, they hold it in and then they're dealing with it alone. So to be able to go onto Instagram or go onto one of their social platforms where they feel comfortable, they can just look it up and they feel supported um, by things that you're sharing. So that's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, it definitely, I think brings a a more vast concept of community into it. Um, Something with anxiety that, like I said, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but something very personal to my journey. Um, And I keep referencing that just because it's my very personal point of view. Um, Right. But from my own personal journey, a lot of my, and honestly moving into a social social platform has been (laughs) rather devastating, but also an incredible growing experience. Uh I have a, a, a very large tendency to isolate. Uh-huh. I'm very introvert. Um, I have a very big introverted tendency and then couple that with severe social anxiety, severe um, uh, imposter syndrome, so to call it, that fear of, of not being good enough, that fear of being um, impersonating what you think you, you are or not right. Up, um, the right way. So um, I truly love that it creates a community of individuals that have a very similar mindset and also offers that communal approach to uh, kind of hyping each other up, kind of providing that support, that encouragement, even just in our interactions between you and I. Yeah. Having that ability to reach out and say, hey, what you're doing is great. I really appreciate it. 
hey, you too, keep doing it, keep doing you. you right. Know? It's recognizing that value, Absolutely. you know, that people bring and it's, it's appreciating it. And then also helping people share it. Because when I, when I see, you know, profiles like yours, and when I see people reaching out to help and help not only just put information out there, but actually like reach out a hand and say, Hey, I want to help you with this. I, I don't want you to feel alone. Like that's, that's when my heart goes out and I'm yeah. like, Oh my gosh, yeah. I need this person. This person <laughs> needs to be like elevated here so we can share this. Totally. Yes, absolutely. So definitely like, that's wonderful. And, and I also wanted to ask you, like, as far as in your, in your practice, um, how does your embodiment of boundaries carry over into like other aspects of your life mm. and also mindset? And, you know, there's so many things in addition to conquering that anxiety and um, all of those restless feelings. And yeah. how did you bring all of that about to, um, to help work it through in your life? Absolutely. So that's a, a phenomenal question. Um, the beginning of my journey into kind of conquering my anxiety to really overcoming the physiological, emotional, and mental responses to those invasive thoughts, those that overwhelm, that fear, that worry, um, honestly started with my journey through yoga. Albeit I am a primarily an anxiety coach for other coaches, I also am a private yoga instructor and I have a very, very um, dedicated yoga practice because uh, about seven, yeah, about seven years ago, I started practicing yoga and I I thought it was a joke. I really did. I walked into my first class pretty much laughing. You know what? A lot of people say that (laughs) until they get really into it. And they're like, oh my gosh, first of all, it's challenging. It's hard. It, it really makes a mental difference and a physical difference. But yes, I, I I have to say the first time my friend invited me to go, I was like, really, really? (laughs) But I've learned so much through a lot of my friends that are in it now. And oh my gosh, it's transformational. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, I walked in there a skeptical, uh, snob pretty much nose in the air and I walked out a sopping wet crying noodle of emotional uh, regulation so it actually was a beautiful experience just within that one class um it started with the breath so coming from a very psychobehavioral background coupling that with some of the physiological responding and neurological responding the brain undergoes and the body undergoes an anxiety having an instructor that was able to make those connections right away for me with the breath she could she could tell I was pretty skeptical. Um, but yes. she asked me like, what are some of the biggest things I struggle with? So I said, staying focused, not worrying about things. And uh, one of the breath techniques, one of the pranayama techniques in yoga is called ujjayi breathing. And that okay. breath is a very powerful inhale through the nose, exhale through the nose, um, a gentle constriction in the back of the throat. Um, it actually begins to tone one of the major nervous component, nervous system components uh, in the body that's responsible for regulating heart rate, breathing, those general feelings of fight or flight, when you start to get those sweaty palms, when you start to get nervous, or uh, that kind of over, a general uh, overwhelm of of feeling anxious, the vagal nerve is responsible for all of that physiological responding, all of those kind of small chemical reactions in the brain that start to tell you to panic. Um, wow. And so that ujjayi breath actually brings in a toning and a calming to that entire system. And that's amazing. Yeah. And it sounds kind of silly. So if I demonstrate for you, 
It's, a, like I said, an inhale in through the nose, out through the nose, keeping the mouth closed. A gentle kind of like constriction of the whisper muscles, we call it. Um, mm-hmm. And it sounds like... So I don't know if you could hear that. Right. Very powerful. Uh, yeah. Yes. Very um, ocean breathing. Darth Vader breath is my... I, when, I, <laughs> when I work with kids, I tell them, sound like Darth Vader. Um, yes. But it's very powerful. And the audible nature of that actually was so powerful that it helped me kind of like begin pulling those thoughts out of my head and I would do it in my car I would do it in line at the grocery store and I just started incorporating it whenever those thoughts started to really cloud my judgment or my ability to do things um yeah and like I said with that I started learning about some of the more neurological and physiological components of that breath that pranayama and that would that started my whole journey into really being able to conquer my anxiety just being able to control my breath, then controlled how yeah. my body responded, and then it was able to calm the thoughts. Um, a fun fact that also kind of helped ground me in my anxiety and letting it pass is that uh, emotion, uh, physically, emotions only last, the chemical response of a, an emotion only lasts in the body between 6 and 90 seconds. Wow. Right? That's, I mean, I'm learning so much today. <laughs> I mean, it's like the blink of an eye, really, when you think about it. Um, what stays with us, though, are the stories we create around that. And what happens in the brain is when you create a story around a feeling like, oh, I feel shame, it must be because I, I did this thing. Uh, and then that story around that feeling is what perpetuates the body going back into that emotional response time and time again. So, so we essentially tra- trap each tra- trap ourselves yeah. into that cycle yeah. of feeling that emotion again once the emotion's been gone. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. We create this cycle for ourselves. Um, have you ever been in like a super awkward social interaction? Maybe you're in an elevator with somebody and they say, "Hi, how are you?" and say, "Taylor, thanks." You and you're like, <laughs> "What? That didn't. I, I didn't even make sense right there." Um, yes, I've definitely done that. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> And you replay that situation over and over and you're like, you keep feeling that small piece of embarrassment. Yeah. Like, why was <laughs> yeah. I so stupid? Why did I do that? Yeah. Even though it could have been a month ago, you still like something makes you remember that. And you're like, oh God, I'm so embarrassed for that moment, even though it's past and gone. Right. Um, and the person that was in the elevator with you doesn't even <laughs> yeah, remember exactly. it. But to you, you were like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. Uh, anxiety is pretty much that cycle amplified in some of those that's a pretty obvious, like silly, social, awkward situation. But sometimes it's as simple as like what shirt to wear, whether or not to leave your house for the day. And so that cycle can really perpetuate those feelings of fear, intense, invasive worry. Um, and for me, it was honestly just controlling the breath. And I would count to, um, I think for me, my breath is about three seconds, inhaling and exhaling. So I would count to between 15 and 20 um, okay. And I would, that would be about 90 seconds for me. So I would set either a timer, I would count my breath and I would just let that feeling wash over me. I would accept it. And this is kind of where you, you asked about the mindset piece. Um, I would incorporate that concept of mindfulness, just being aware, present, non-judgmental and accepting by just saying, you know what, this feeling's here, I have a tool, I'm going to use it, and I would just breathe. Like I said, I didn't care if I had to pull over on the side of the road or if I was in the middle of the grocery store. Um, Right. 
I've had weird looks. I've also sparked great conversations. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but really, um, staying true to using that tool and getting on the other side of that emotion. It's kind of like walking up a, or crawling, crawling up a hill is a lot more accurate, but cr- kind of right. crawling, cr- crawling and clawing your way up that emotional sensation or feeling to get to the other side of that 90 second point. Um, so that your body has a chance to chemically, physiologically calm down, bring itself back to a more baseline state, let your heart rate drop, let the emotion physically pass through your body. And then getting into that mindset piece of really saying, you know, that was not a true emotion. That's not reflective of how I actually feel right now. That was my anxiety imposing that on me. So kind of creating that, that narrative shift, you know? Yeah. So you're basically like meeting yourself where you're at. You're identifying what you're going through Mm -hmm. and then you're saying I'm I'm not going to carry this with me yeah exactly yep Mm -hmm. yep and I've had um some visualizations that I've loved to use are things like um I will pack the emotion up literally like I will picture it being like a uh like Gumby or something like that or a stick figure um yeah they sound kind of silly but anything and like I'll take that stick figure and I'll picture myself kind of shoving it in like a suitcase or something and just throwing it out of the way or right. sand. I'll picture myself kind of like sweeping sand up and like putting it into a jar, closing the jar and then like releasing it into the void of my brain. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, another big one, the third one that I love to use is I picture my anxiety as kind of like this dark mist in my body. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I use love, acceptance, those kinds of Uh, more high vibe, more positive emotions. And I kind of picture myself using that Ujjayi breath. I breathe in kind of like a pink mist or a pink smoke or something. And I picture that mixing with the darkness, mixing with the dark smoke. And then the exhales physically pull that mixed smoke out. And I do that until I can visualize just that pink fog or pink smoke coming in and out of my body. Just the beautiful, just the beautiful smoke. Exactly. That's awesome. Yep. So Mm -hmm. it kind of, helps me release that emotion, acknowledge that darkness is there, that overwhelming kind of dark, cloudy sensation is there, but I'm going to use that breath to slowly release it, to pull it out of my body and replace it with something a little bit better. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you for all of those tips. That's thank amazing. Thank you for letting me share. Yeah, for sure. So out of everything that you've learned on this journey, um, what would you say would be the two main takeaways that you'd like for our audiences to remember today? The two biggest things. I know it's a tough one. I know. You gave a lot of of golden nuggets here. Um, I would definitely say uh, the very first is be gentle with yourself. Be gentle. Great advice. It is absolutely a journey. Even to this day, I still struggle with showing up, with being present, with being fully aware of how I'm perceived or how maybe my anxiety is setting other people off. So just be gentle with yourself, cultivate that awareness and just move with love. Um, would definitely be the very first one is be gentle in all things with love. Um, yeah. The second would probably be go with your breath. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that was so transformative for me is breathe it out. That breath is so powerful. Not even just from that yogic perspective, but like I said, even from just the sheer science of how our body uses breath as a regulator. Um, so be gentle and breathe it out. Yeah. 
And I really like one thing that um, you had said as well is just in your notes and stuff like that. This is not permanent or uncurable. Mm, I love that because sometimes I feel like people, once they've experienced something a number of times, they think it's part of them. And just to know that, you know, yes, it's an experience that they may have gone through, but it's not permanent and it is curable and they can feel, you know, happy and good again. Yeah. So that's huge. Also, Yeah. Be gentle. Mm -hmm. Know that you're not alone. And then absolutely just cultivating that breath. And I think that breath is what's helped me cultivate awareness. So uh, be gentle. You're not alone. Breathe it out. Get aware. Because um, like you said, it's it's not permanent. It's not some uncurable disorder. It's not something you need to be plagued with. But it is a journey of constant work. And that awareness yes. will help you stay true to that path. Stay true to that journey forward so you don't regress backwards. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So I would love for you to let our audiences know where they can follow your inspiration. So your Instagram handle, your Facebook, anything you want to leave for somebody to be able to contact you or work with you. Perfect. Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Taylor Colomb, T-A-Y-L-O-R, and the last name C-A-L-O-M-B. Facebook is Taylor Colomb as well. You can just follow that through, um, my link tree in my Instagram. And I also have a Facebook community that I'm really trying to cultivate as a place of education, community, and sharing stories. And that Facebook group is from anxious to ambitious. While a lot of the individuals in there are entrepreneurs or coaches, this is not exclusive. The tools, the tips, the talks are all, uh, all audiences, all levels. Um, so I really encourage if you're curious about moving through anxiety, learning about it, learning about tips to just stay productive or on top of um, that fear, that worry, those feelings, just jump on in there, get curious about it. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I know that so many of our audiences will love to hop into that group and be a part of this because it's something that so many people face. And we want to thank you today for being on the show and everything that you've taught us. Yeah. Thank you so much, Christina. It has been an absolute honor and a pleasure. And I appreciate you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much, Taylor. Thank we'll you. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, please leave a review and a comment. Don't forget to subscribe as well. Tune in again next week for another episode of Discover a Better You podcast.